Please be seated. Good morning, Heartland Church of Christ. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to begin there in a moment. 1 Samuel 17. My name is Mark Barone, and I get a, the privilege and the pleasure from time to time to get to speak on Sunday morning as we're looking for a full-time pulpit minister. And if you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. If you're a member, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I like to always begin by reminding us that we're all in one of three stages. Either we're in a mess, just getting out of a mess, or one decision away of being in a mess. So we're all in the same boat. Reminds me of an elderly couple in their late 70s. They kept forgetting things, and they were concerned that maybe they were getting Alzheimer's. So they went to their doctor and said, Doc, we just can't remember things. And they did some exams and said, No, you don't have Alzheimer's. You're just getting old. You got to write things down. So they went home and they were watching the Olympics at night together. And the wife goes, honey, can you get me a bowl of vanilla ice cream? He's like, sure. She goes, well, you should write it down. You're going to forget. He says, I'm not going to forget. He gets up, takes two steps. She says, ooh, can you add some fresh strawberries? I love those fresh strawberries we have. Yeah, sure. No problem. He goes, you you should write it down. You're going to forget. He says, I'm not going to forget. Takes two more steps, and he goes, she goes, oh, wait a minute, can you add some whipped cream to that? He says, sure. He goes, you're going to forget this. I'm not going to forget. Vanilla ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream, I got it. Goes in the kitchen. Half hour later, he comes out with a plate, sets it before her, and it's bacon and egg. And she looks at it, and she shakes her head. She looks at him and says, I knew it. I knew it. You forgot the toast. I think on that note, we should pray, right? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. And as we look this morning, we, just, we know that we have many struggles that are going on within our own family, within our own lives. We thank you for the things that you're going to be teaching us about how you, the battle, is really yours. Father, we just ask that you be with us and be with me, and I pray... Forgive the sins, uh, forgive my sins, for they are many, but also let us focus on Jesus, just Jesus, as we focus on you this morning. We pray this in your blessed Son's name. Amen. As many of you know, I was raised Catholic. I shared that from time to time. And it was around this time that we would take, bring out our big Bible, and it was big. I mean, it was huge. And it had something in there that you don't see many times in the Bible today, and it had pictures. And I love these pictures. And my job was to put the Bible out and it had a stand on it. And we had pictures we put in the back, same pictures that were in the Bible we put in the back. And I would see these pictures and I would just be amazed at them. For example, these pictures here, I did a couple of them. Here's a picture, one of them. Adam and Eve. And as a young boy, I'm like, where are their clothes? So I'd read about it, you know. I was fascinating. Here's another picture. What's that a picture of? Yeah, Moses and walking through the Red Sea. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. But my favorite of all time was this one. Yeah. Anytime a little guy beats up a big guy, I was like, I'm in. I was the shortest of my family, you know. I was like, this is, this is amazing. How many know the story of David and Goliath? Yeah. It's a very popular story. And it's a simple story. It's a story about two armies getting together, the Israelites and the Philistines. And the Philistines were the bullies of the community. 
And so they would get in line and all of a sudden it was like kind of like World War One where they get in a line and a champion came out named Goliath. And in first Samuel chapter 17, I'm just going to begin reading in verse eight. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. He just came out there. He's nine feet tall. His armor weighs 125 pounds. The tip of his spear weighs 15 pounds itself. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up in battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were terrified. And I thought, wow. And you know, he did this for 40 days, morning and night, morning and night, ridiculing them and belittling them. And I thought, wow. Sometimes I feel like I have a Goliath in my life. Because... Have you ever had those little voices that say, you're no good, you're not worthy, you made too many mistakes, God really doesn't love you, and He just pounds you and pounds you and pounds you, and it may be because of a mistake we made or a divorce or something that was done to us, and this giant just reminds us day in and day out how worthless we are, or maybe it's a physical struggle where we're struggling with something physically and it's not going to go away, or maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's cancer. And that giant is just pounding us, reminding us how weak we are day in and day out. It could be a past sin. It could be something that was done to us. I know a lot of people who are adopted and they struggle with abandonment and, and it had nothing to do with them, but, boy, they struggle with it and it just pounds them in day in, day out, just ridiculing us. You ever felt that way? Do you have a giant like that? I know I do. I know I struggle with my giants that just constantly remind us. And that's how the Israelites felt. This giant would come out and belittle them day in and day out until a shepherd boy comes into play. He understood something that nobody else understood. He got a promise of God that nobody else got. And we find that in verse... 25 in 1 Samuel 20, 17 verse 45 I'm sorry verse 45 it says David said to the Philistine you come against me with sword and spear and javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel whom you defiled this day the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head Today I will give you the carcass of the Philistines' army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the, of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hand. See, he realized something that I tend to forget. That the battle is 
the Lord. And that was a promise he held on to that helped him to defeat his giant. And I thought, I need that promise. I need that promise that says the battle is the Lord. Is that I struggle whether it's loneliness or depression or if we're struggling with addiction. I need to take my battle and give it to God and say, you know what, this battle is the Lord's. It's not mine. And I need to hand it to him. And I thought, David, man, how did you do that? How did you handle hand that promise and hold on to that promise? Well, the story says that he bent down and he picked up five smooth stones at the river before he went into battle. We don't know why he chose five. But there were five things that I got to think about and as I started reflecting that helped me in my battle with my giants and to help me to claim that promise that the battle is the Lord. And so I want to share with you five points that I hope will help you in your battle with your giants. And the first one is simply this. Remember your past victories. See, while everybody else was afraid, David had a different perspective. It says in verse 32, when David says, I'll fight the giants, and they were like, you're crazy. Matter of fact, David, in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighter since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has kept his father's sheep. When the lion and the bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I would go after it, strike it, and rescue the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord will deliver me from his, the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. See, when David saw the giants, he said, wait a minute. I've faced something like this before and God has helped me. I know I can defeat this if I give it over to God. He's been with me before. He'll be with me in the future. He'll be with me in this fight. And so when we're fighting our Goliath, we need to remember past victories that God has given us so that we can remember that he was with us in the past. He'll be with us in this situation. Max Lucado, in his book, Facing Your Giants, he makes a really good quote. He says, write your worries in sand, but chisel God's victories in stone. And that's really important. That when we're facing our giant, whoever our giant is, we remember past victory, how God has helped us in the past. And if I'm facing a giant, he's going to help me in this situation. And that's kind of stone number one. The next stone that we look at is this one. Cover your giant in prayer. Cover your giant in prayer. David was known as a man of prayer. Prayer is essential for a good fight. So when you're facing your giant, whether it's loneliness, depression, addiction, guilt, whatever it is, unjust suffering, cover it in prayer. David, more is written about David than any other character in the Bible other than Jesus Christ. And Psalms has so much written about it, about bringing your problems to God in prayer. Bathe that giant in prayer, just like, God, I know I'm not alone in this fight. I want to give this battle to you. Help me in this fight. Help me claim that promise 
that the battle is really yours. I'm afraid of dying, but you've already dealt with that. I feel guilty, but you've given forgiveness. I feel lonely, but I'm not alone. And you bathe that giant in prayer. Cover it in prayer. Just like David did. Because you know he prayed before he went into battle. When David didn't pray, bad things happened. Right? I bet he didn't pray when he was on the rooftop and he saw Bathsheba. I bet he didn't pray when he sent his friend Uriah to die. But then when he realized his mistakes, he prayed. And when he dealt with that guilt and these prayers, and he said, God, I know you've forgiven me. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your mercy. And he kept praying. So whatever your giant is, bathe it in prayer, not just once, but really cover it in prayer for a long season until you've, until you've claimed that promise and God has helped you to minimize the effects of that giant or defeat it. So that's kind of stone number two. Stone number three, make God's name your priority. Make God's name your priority. David did that. You know, Saul offered three things. Nobody went to fight Goliath. So Saul goes, hey, I'll give great wealth to anyone that will fight him. No takers. He says, I'll give you my daughter. No takers. Doesn't mean she was ugly. It just means they were afraid of Goliath. And then he said, you will never, you and your family will never have to pay taxes again. Still no takers. <laughs> and I thought, wow. See, they were frozen in fear, but David was different. David said, you know what? This is an opportunity to show God off. I'm going to take on this giant. God's going to give me the victory, and God's going to be glorified in this battle because the battle is the Lord. Think of your situation, your giant, as not just as a mistake, but as an opportunity for God to show off his power. Whatever the struggle you're facing, whether it's family struggle, health struggle, emotional struggle, guilt struggle, say, so you know what? I'm going to give this to God and I'm going to show God's power by how I'm dealing with this situation. This is a true story. I usually have to start that because, you know, preachers, they get up here and they share stories. But this is a true story. I was about 15 $200 in my pocket, 8 o'clock at night in the streets of New York City, and I'm walking down the street, and literally four guys came out of nowhere and said, yo, you go to this school? It was a high school, and we had a fence around every high school, not to keep kids out, but to keep the kids in. And so I said, no, I don't go to this high school. And they said, well, give me your money. And I said, yeah, but I told you I don't go to this high school. See, it didn't register to me why they wouldn't want my money. I told you I didn't go to this high school. And I just read somehow the story of David and Goliath. They said, give her this money or we're going to just beat you up. And I don't know why I said it. I just looked at them and said, but I'm a Christian. And they laughed. And I said, and they said, so what? I said, no, no, you don't understand something. You could beat me up and take my money. But tonight, when you go to bed, God's going to kill you. His eyes got so big, and he's like, and the four other guys, they all kind of huddled like, man, what do we do with this guy? You know, we never met anything like him. And you know what I was doing? I was just, uh, and I was fast. And I got, I turned around. After I ran, I turned around. They didn't even follow. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Right? 
And isn't how that is when you give your battle over to the Lord and God answers it in some way and you go, thank you, God. But that's the thing. Use your Goliath as a way of saying, you know what? God's gonna, name is going to be glorified because he's going, to ta- he's going to take on this battle with me. See your giants not as God's mistakes, but as an opportunity to show off God's power. That's kind of the third story. David said, you insulted God when you insulted me. You know, when depression comes along, depression is insulting God because God created me. Jesus died for me. Therefore, when depression or loneliness or emotions or anything like that, it's like, you're not just picking on me. You're picking on God. When death causes me to be afraid, I'm saying, death, you've already lost. You're picking on God and God's the battle is the Lord's. It's not mine. That's kind of the third stone. The fourth stone, rekindle your passion. Rekindle your passion. You know, Saul tried to get David to dress up in his armor. He put his armor on there and David said, man, this is not me. I I can't walk. I can't fight this guy like this. But David had one thing he knew he was very good at, and that was the slingshot. I did make one of those, you know. But this was probably the one you put in and you just kind of... And when he came out there, I'm telling you, everybody laughed. Kind of like a number 16 seed being a number one seed. Okay? Everyone laughed. They thought there was no way. Even his own brothers were like, okay, who's going to tell dad he's dead? You? You? I'm not going to tell dad. His own brothers didn't even think he was going to make it. And Goliath was out there, and he's just kind of coming out. He's, he's coming after his, the giant. He runs after him, and the giant starts, Goliath starts laughing. He laughs and pulls his head back. Probably his helmet just exposes just one square inch. Boom! David got him. Right there. You say David kind of got ahead of his Goliath in that regard. And then he chopped his head off. And then all the Israelites were like, yeah, let's go. But because David said, I may not be the best at everything, but I am good at one thing. And giant, I'm coming after you. And that's the difference. David, instead of cowering back, he says, I'm coming after you with the one thing I'm good at. And it may be that one thing that you're good at that helps you to battle your Goliath. And it may be there's a she's on the Internet. I forget her name, but she's a woman that shares her story about. She got a divorce, had two kids. She didn't want to be divorced. She's ending up in a one-bedroom apartment. She's sleeping on the floor. She's crying all the time. She's just remembering. And a therapist told her, what's one good thing you're good at? She says, well, I'm really good at cooking a good meal for little to no money. She'd go to the dollar store and buy food. And she'd cook a meal. She goes, I want you to cook a meal, but cook it for you and a friend. And so she did that, and a friend came over, and then she ended up inviting more friends in time. She had 50 people come over every Wednesday night to come eat. And that helped her. She, she faced her Goliath or her giant with one thing that she was good at. And it's the same with us. Find the one thing you're good at and charge your Goliath. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming after you. And you're not going to defeat me because the battle is the Lord's. And I'm not very good at a lot of them, but I'm good at one thing that God has given me, and I'm going to beat you with it. And that's what David did. With that fourth stone, maybe, that was kind of what he used. The last stone that helps me, and it's true, it's something simple. It's just perseverance. Perseverance. 
Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 20, verse 4, says that Goliath had other big relatives. He had a big brother, and he had three big cousins. So maybe David thought, well, I better pick up five stones because when I beat him, his family's going to come after me. I don't know. There was one giant had six fingers on each hand. I called him the accountant. Six fingers on each hand. The thing is, David didn't probably think one stone would take him down. He probably thought he needed more than that. And when we face our giants, whatever it is, we're going to need more than just try once. We need to be persistent. We need to get, go after them over and over, and it may take a lifetime. And I love this proverb. It was one of my favorite growing up, Proverbs twenty-four sixteen. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. No matter how many times you fall to your giant, you just get up, get up, and then you get up again. So that's kind of the five points, or I like kind of the five stones. Remember past victories. Cover your giant in prayer. Make God's name your priority. Giant, you're going to glorify God because I'm going to come after you. And regardless of what you're doing to me, God is going to be glorified by how I deal with you. Rekindle your passion. Find the one thing you're good at and just go after it and charge your giants. Say, I'm coming after you. And then persistence. You may fall, but just get back up. You may fall and get back up. That's kind of helped me. And then somebody, well, how do I know that that God is fighting my battles? How do I know the battle is the Lord's? And it's simple. If God is out front, if you're following God and he's out front fighting your battles and you're following him, then he's out front fighting your battle. See, if I'm not following God, then he can't fight my battle. So if you want to claim the promise that the battle is the Lord's, it's simple. Are you following? Because if you're following him, then he's out front fighting your battles. And there's nothing more encouraging to me to realize that God, death, you're fighting that battle for me. Depression, you're fighting that battle Loneliness, you're fighting on that battle for me. The fact that I'm dealing with consequences of past sins, you're fighting that battle for me. The fact that other people did things to me and had nothing to do with me and I'm struggling with it, you're fighting that battle for me because I'm following you and you're out front fighting my battle. So this morning, will you claim that promise that the battle is the Lord's? It's not mine. It's God's, just like David did. And will you go after your giant in Jesus' name? And if you, if, if you haven't made that decision to follow, will you consider that this morning? Or maybe you're at a point where you're like, I'm ready to be baptized into Christ and just you know, fully accept the responsibility of being his follower. Whatever we can do to help you, make those prayer requests known as we stand and sing.